Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keane. Today's interview, we have Gentle Tornado joining us. He is the creator of the Hipped Foundation and the Hipped Heroes NFT Project. Gentle Tornado, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, it's hyped. So sorry. Oh, my God. To, sorry. Yeah, just to start that off like that. Um, no! Because, yeah. It's Again. okay. Don't worry about it. I'm, listen, I'm grateful to be here. It's the Hype Foundation. Hyped. I know that it's hyped too. Yeah. I literally know that it's hyped. I don't know why I said hipped, but whatever. One of those moments where I was like, do I correct her? I probably need to, <laughs> even though I tell it's okay. No, in the thank nicest you for way. correcting me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I have been seeing you all over Twitter. Um, I never listen to Twitter spaces. But whenever I do happen to listen to one, you're always in there as a speaker. <laughs> so yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. First, we want to hear how you got into the Web3 space. Man, okay. Gary V. Followed Gary V. for probably 10 years. And um, he started talking about Ethereum in like, man, I'm trying to think, 2020, 2020 maybe or something. And I just had my second son. And I was like, all right, this is cool that Gary's talking about this, but I have absolutely no time. We're struggling with our second kid. Uh, then anyways, when he launched V Friends, it was like, it was April, I think. Maybe March, he started talking about it more. And I was like, okay, I'm a little bit balanced. I got some more time. Like, let me check what this Ethereum thing is. What's the blockchain? What's crypto? And I trust Gary to that he's you know talking about the right stuff. I did my 50 hours worth of homework and I'm um, into my V friend. So that's that's how it started. And then I took basically like three months off. Didn't buy Bored Apes. I just was like, oh, I'll just hold the V friend forever. Um, biggest mistake in my life. And uh, now we're here. And I love it. Biggest mistake in your life. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> I, I have a similar story. I'm going to. Uh, so in February of 2021, I had also followed Gary for a while before. Knew he was smart. Knew he was early to things. And he started talking about NFTs. He put out it. It was a TikTok. I remember it very well sometime about three years ago now. And the first thing I found was Top Shot, but from his particular TikTok, I just Googled was an NFT, found Top Shot. Andy, our producer's my friend. I messaged him in our friend group. He was like, let's do it. And we started buying Top Shot and and also minted V friends in the same kind of same kind of trajectory. But that's he did that for a lot of people. We always used to talk about like NBA Top Shot and Gary V are the ones that like brought everybody in on that. Yeah, because really he's run. created this, like, I mean, I would have followed whatever he was selling because he had changed my business life. So I just believed in it and, it and I could easily tell my wife like, hey, Gary's selling something that, you know, I did research on and I believe in it and who knows what will happen to it. Um, but I'm, I want to, you know, at least support and be a part of this community. And uh, I think he's created that with a lot of people. And that was so awesome to see him be able to onboard so many. 
Why'd you, why you? Also, yeah. Why'd you say it was their worst mistake? Just because you didn't sell it when it was like twenty ETH floor. That- <laughs> so, so, so not buying the V friend. The buying the V friend was awesome. Probably, probably yeah, one of the yeah, greatest yeah. things ever. Right. Basically, taking three months off and not being in the space because I just didn't really. That get, like, was a mistake. Right. Was, right. Yeah. Not because I got who knows punk if, a couple of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows if I would have bought those? But it's just like, uh, yeah, I just decided to take a few months off, and then he started talking about it more. When the price started going up and I was like, maybe I should, you know, check out what this, you know, let's get in the community. And then, you know, the rest is history, but I minted a balanced beetle. That's what I minted. That was my, uh, I actually, the way it worked was Coinbase took like 10 plus days to transfer my money. And so I was going to try to buy the half ETH ones and they sold out. Right. ETH, ETH was going up at that time too. It was a wild gas yeah. was like 300 per transaction. Yeah. I remember that. Go so. Ahead. If I would have bought it back when he was talking about it in December or whatever, November, it was like $800 was ETH. Well, I decided to buy it when it was 4500 So anyways, I bought half an ETH. That's all we could afford. And when it got transferred, all the half ETH ones had sold out, the cores. And so I was like, man, like I just remember sitting with my wife, like I really want to be a part of this. And so we had a little bit of money saved up. So I transferred the rest of the half ETH and that took another um, unbelievable amount of time. I don't even remember. And so I was able to mint the rare balanced beetle on the last day before they sold out. And um, luckily I got to choose. I really did want the balanced beetle, but it was very intense <laughs> for sure. Nice. What are what were the perks of the balanced beetle? Because I know that all of them had like different ones and Michael has like the FaceTime frog. He gets a FaceTime once every year or something. That's cool. Uh, th- so there was nothing, nothing. It was oh, rare, oh, okay, I guess. Okay, okay. Uh, the VCon tickets really was the... yeah. And that for me was a big deal. Like I wanted to go to, I love conferences and regardless if I was going to be in web three as like a full time, it was just a, an asset to have to go and meet people in person. And I thrive naturally in person just because I've been blessed with this energy. So that was really the value that I could at least sell to my wife. Like, Hey, there's going to be three years of conferences I'm going to get from this um, purchase. And I'd been to conferences that were way more expensive than $5,000. So it worked out. Damn, what kind of conferences are you going to? That's crazy. Did Okay, so after you minted your friends, you took a break for three months. Then you kind of, when you got back into the NFT space, did you start collecting? Like, what did you kind of do when you got back in? Yeah, yeah. I started collecting, started building my my brand on Twitter, really just community. I fell in love with the community aspect. I'm definitely a people person. Um, and it's really dope when you can be around people with kind of the same mindset or goals or want to push the world forward. And uh, I started collecting, getting rugged a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, I started flipping a little bit. I mean, I live in Las Vegas, so not that I gamble, but I think I'm a natural degen. So um, I love that thrill. I really didn't make any money for a while, probably in the space as far as flipping. Cause I, that just wasn't why I was here. Even like the V friend you said, did I sell it at the top? No, I didn't. I wish I would have sold it for a hundred grand. You still have it. No, I actually sold it uh, uh, okay. maybe a couple months ago to pay for me to live because <laughs> oh, I'm running nice. my foundation. Nice. Yeah. So I held it for almost three years. Wow. Hey, I mean, and you got your utility out of it, VCon, which also speaking of last, I mean, the second VCon, last year's VCon, um, you actually spoke at it, the um, community stage, which they did on like the first day. Uh-huh. And yeah, congrats on Thank that. You. That's exciting. Especially as like a Gary V fan and follower, like I'm sure that was a really surreal moment for you. 
Yeah, it was really cool. It was really kind of a testament to the journey of building my brand around gratitude and positivity, which isn't popular. And for when they reached out to me to open that with, you know, five minute keynote, I was like, I just couldn't believe it because really I had no business being on that stage. Even with the people that were on the community stage were absolutely incredible, uh, successful people. And so, yeah, it was just kind of an honor. I was really honored to be able to do something like that. A very humbling experience. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. So we got to talk about the Hyped Foundation here. Um, so the Hype Foundation is committed to empowering teens to thrive by nurturing emotional intelligence, fueling positivity and inspiring growth. Um, how, what inspired you to start that? Yeah. So, uh, probably about six or seven years ago, I used to volunteer for this leadership program that changed my life. And I used to volunteer with the teenage program. And in every single class, there was a specific process. It was, so it was a two and a half day class. And in every single class, there was a specific process called cross the line. And what that was, was you'd put a rope in the middle of the class and everybody would stand on one side, including me. And I used to go with my best friend to volunteer. And the instructor would start off with, you know, have you ever had sour Skittles, right? Everybody, everybody crossed the line. Well, then the second question was, you know, have you ever done drugs? Maybe 50% of the kids crossed the line. And then the last question was, have you ever thought about committing suicide? And every single kid in every single class crossed that line, um, including my best friend. And so probably one of the most pivotal moments of my life to be able to be overwhelmed with gratitude that I was on the other side, but also look at every single kid in the eyes and feel that sadness in my heart. Also for my best friend of 20 something years. And I knew at that point it was, this was like a real big issue. Like, I, I think this is bigger than anybody even realizes these, these kids' mental well being. And then COVID happened and, and like the numbers are just act, like actually wild. 42% of kids feel hopeless and unhappy. And so, yeah, I just, I didn't know what that was going to lead to. I just knew that I have a natural ability to connect with kids and mainly because I'm so vulnerable and I just wear my heart on my sleeve and that's really just kids can tell if you're BSing. And so when I'm just authentically myself, it's very rare a lot of times for kids to see that. And so I can instantly connect with them and really just got to a point in my life where I'd been working in my professional job for nine years and was like, I just want to chase this dream. Um, and really, I just want to chase the gift that I think I've been given to give to these kids in the world. And so, yeah, that's kind of the fast version of why I started it. That's incredible. Yeah. And then you have your NFT project too, the Hyped Heroes Foundation, where if anybody wants to support the work that you're doing, you can mint one is of it? your NFTs, which I think is really cool too, tying NFTs into it, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We We really wanted to be able to push the space forward because really our brand, like the foundation is a web two. It, it has to be web two first because we have to be in the community and whether that's in the community in Las Vegas or in the community in other states. But we also want to push the tech forward. I love web free. And so what we did was the, we did on-chain tax receipts, uh, the first one that we know of in web three to kind of just provide that value of like, hey, you are donating to a foundation and we are going to do this impact, but here's what you get. You can get an on-chain tax receipt to write this off. and there's so many other ways that we want to push the space forward with our initiatives that we have. Like we have a curriculum-based learning, which is called Gratitude Growth, where we're in schools. And eventually, like I want every kid to have a wallet where they track certain things in the class. Um, I think that's down the line, but yeah, I would love to be able to merge that because I think inevitably I've been blessed with this energy. We can get kids to start sharing what they're grateful for publicly. That could be something that could really blow up in web two and almost 
Trojan horse into some Web3 technology. I love that, Michael. Yeah, that's cool. I used to hear you all the time on uh, Coffee with Captain. And uh, I remember when your mint happened. I remember always, always coming up in there and, you know, bringing the vibes for sure. So I appreciate uh, that. What did you, did you take anything from that? Because I watched that, man. That, like the mint made a ton of sense. And I didn't even know you were actually giving like a true tax receipt. But I wonder how you, how you felt seeing all like these crazy mints that go on and like stupid things will sell out and raise $10 million. And you're trying to do something really cool. And it's hard to get the attention of this. It's an attention economy in this web two web, this web three world. You have to have kind of the right influencers talk about what did you take away from that, from trying to get that going and seeing everything happening and what you tried to do. Um, Hot take. Yeah. Hot yeah, take that's what I'm it, looking for. It, yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. it went better um, because I just really believed one of my biggest strengths and also one of my biggest weaknesses is really having the hope that people will do things that they say they're going to do. And so I probably had 200 plus calls leading up to that mint of, of high level influencers, which I luckily had made relationships with over the years. And um, there was just multiple people that didn't mint that told me to my face that they were going to mint. Um, which was tough for me because I'm just straightforward. Like I'm just honest and you can do that in web three, but it's very interesting because my platform is really just around gratitude and positivity, which I, it was who I am. And so I just choose, chose the high road road and, you know, kind of, it was tough. It was tough. We only sold, I think almost 20%, which is still incredible. You know, we raised a good amount of money, but I just was kind of like, all right, I need to take a step back from web three and go really hard in web two, which is, you know, in turn, it's going to be like, I'm all about leading by example and showing and, up and not talking about it, just being about it. And so I just have a feeling that it's going to blow up and we're going to do real impact and we're going to help these kids. And instead of being like, I told you guys, you know, you should have minted not, not because of any value, but just, I'm just going to take those people's hands and be like, Hey, come let's help kids. It's, it's, a, it's just like a different mindset. And sometimes in web three, that's tough because there's a lot of what you're saying, like different mints raising millions and these different mm-hmm. uh, coins and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, I'm nah. reminded of the Quantum Cats the other day raised $11 million. Like, it, and you know, Udi might do something amazing, whatever yeah. the Taproot Wizards, but like, there's nothing really there. $11 million. Yeah. I just felt um, like uh, we had a lot of momentum. So I, I let my expectations get too high. And I really felt like it wasn't a lot of money. I think if we would have minted out, it was like 150000 But, you know, it just is what it is. And, and I'm just going to work hard in Web 2 and, help kids. Like at the end of the day, I think I wasn't loud enough about, Hey, I'm just going to help kids. Like, I just need you guys to support me to help kids. And I was took kind of the nice route, which is, you know, just who I am. Um, so I just stuck to like my authenticity and leaning into that. And part of the realization after the mint was like, it's not supposed to be easy. Like this entire foundation is basically going against the grain, going uphill. And so it makes sense why we didn't sell out. And so I'm just going to go super hard to do these things that we want to do to help these kids, because I know that it's really going to make true impact on uh, kids' lives. I respect, I respect that. What, what uh, specifically are you trying to do with the, like, like specifically to help the kids? What are the, yeah, so know, we the have, exact measures? Yeah. So three different pillars really of our foundation. And the first pillar is our gratitude growth or our curriculum-based learning where, you know, I want to do a positivity one, but the first one we just started three weeks ago is called gratitude growth. So we're in a school with 165 students teaching a 12 week curriculum. Um, and each kid gets a gratitude journal and really just learning not only what gratitude is, 
but like using it and going through processes and exercises because the science is unbelievable. But really like the point is to teach these kids and educate them of like, hey, gratitude is free. Like you actually can have this energy um, and, and what I feel. And I just want you to feel that. So that's one side where we can be in schools directly, or we could do that in facilities. It doesn't have to be in a school. So that's where we think we're going to go around the country because our goal is to train different teachers or different people that are passionate about this to train the class. It's a very universal class. And then the middle pillar is, is a facility, you know, kind of like a hyped headquarters. And that's where I think we create a really solid uh, culture around vulnerability and positivity and these things. We can get kids together to have like a, a safe place, kind of like a YMCA on steroids. And I think that that's going to come with a lot of things. It's going to come with kids feeling safe and they can come to a place, learn and grow, but it's also going to create this level of content that is going to be super powerful and just kind of having these kids where this culture is amplified around doing things that aren't cool, right? In society. And that's kind of one of our missions is to reshape the way we think about these things. It's because like gratitude, positivity, kindness, they might not be cool, but like they make your life way better. And so that's just the reality. And I'm very committed to being loud about that. Um, and then the third pillar would be like a leadership course, like a two and a half day retreat style leadership course that will develop down the line um, where kids can come to and we can have it um, at a specific location. And so those are kind of our three pillars. I think to make the most impact, it's going to be a lot of like the gratitude courses or the positivity courses going around to different cities. And potentially like the dream is without money being a restriction to have hyped hyped headquarters in major cities across the world. So cool. Wait, one thing you said made me think of something I always tell my kids and I always tell like teenagers, like our cousins and stuff. It it might not be like the things that aren't real cool right now, being smart in school, like every as you get older, all that stuff gets cooler. Being nice, being you know what I mean? Like it it does. Like being smart, it might not be super cool to be smart in fifth grade, but in twelfth grade it gets a little cooler. And then if you're super, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That that's how I always look yeah. at it. Like, and start those things early because yeah. you you'll be the early one to be being cool. Like that hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And like if that the, made the, sense. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you. And the studies are the studies is actually just wild. The science behind gratitude or these specific things are really crazy. And when you just tell kids these things, like, you know, when I opened up the course, I just told them, like, you saying thank you to someone and someone seeing that interaction is actually more impactful for that third party that is watching that happen where they trigger serotonin in their brain. And it's just for kids, especially I'm sure, you know, I don't, Jenny, I don't know if you have kids with Michael, you obviously have kids, like kids are phenomenal. Like they are actually, it is insane. If you give them those tools and that knowledge, they'll, they'll want to grow for your own kids. Speak yeah. <laughs> for your, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> they'll want to grow and be better. And so I really think it's a lot of education and perspective. I think we lack perspective in the world. You know, it's powerful when you tell a kid that's complaining about going to school that one in three people in the world don't have clean water. Like that is, that's a serious statistic. Um, so it's kind of mixed of, of all that. Yeah, I don't have kids, but I am an aunt and I'm learning so much about kids and how much they absorb and being a parent in a way because it's like, you know, one day I hope to be a parent and it's like being an aunt it is already a huge responsibility for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like. It's just crazy how much of an impact adults have on children too, and that you don't even really realize. You know, next thing you know, they want to do exactly. They want to. I'm vegan. They want to be vegan. It's like all the little things, you know. And you're like, oh wow, everything how I live my life is like, you know, they kind of want to live their life like me, and 
you know, it just makes you think about being like a role model, setting a good example and all that. So, yeah. Uh, but, okay, gratitude you had mentioned, which I wanted to talk about your gratitude videos. You're on day 731, I believe, of creating a video every single day talking about what you're grateful for. And it's just a quick, you know, less than one minute video where you'll you'll say, you know, today I'm grateful for this. That I just want to say major props for being consistent for that long. That's actually crazy. And also, um, yeah, mad respect for being consistent. What's the key to making a video every day? I mean, are you now just like, it's just so easy. I've been doing it for 700 days. I don't even think about it anymore. Is there like a certain time you make your videos or are you just whenever you think about it, you're like, okay, time to make yeah, a video. So <laughs> appreciate the the kindness. Um, it, it has been awesome to be able to do this. And I think from the beginning, one of the core foundations when I started the gratitude videos was I didn't care how many likes or people saw it. I just was doing it really, I think for me, um, but also to help anybody in any situation. And so for the first probably, I don't know, 70 or 80, I probably had like three or four likes a video, but I just kept going. And really what happened in my life that transformed my life was I had a gratitude journal that I started writing in probably six, seven years ago. And I wrote in it for five years. And one of the things that I really emphasize, especially when I'm talking to kids is in that gratitude journal that I wrote on for five years, uh, if I missed a day, I would do two entries the next day because the goal wasn't to be every day. The goal was to become more grateful. And I think we lose track of that a lot of times when we put pressure on ourselves. And so for the gratitude videos, it was like, oh, well, I can express my energy with also my gratitude because I'm just, this is who I am. I've worked at this. I've become just grateful. And um, it's just natural. It can be at any time of the day. Most of the time it's at night, like nighttime, five o'clock or something, but maybe it's like 12 and I'm with the kids and I'm like, hey, let's do a gratitude day video. And now they, you know, my kids know about it and they, they like to do it. And sometimes they go crazy and sometimes they, they say what they're grateful for. And I think that's part, I know that that's part of our brand. Like my brand is leading by example. That's just who I am. And it's, you know, to have my kids on, on screen saying what they're grateful for is because I ask them every night what they're grateful for. And so, you know, it's that work, but to also show that I'm not some special person, right? I just, I'm a prioritizing gratitude in my life, which has in turn made everything else better. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty major. Um, and especially for kids too, cause you know, kids are always like, I mean, my niece and nephews, you know, they're like, why can't I have what this person has? And, you know, whatever. They're just always like thinking about what they don't have and stuff and getting them to think about what they're grateful for and, you know, appreciating things, I think is huge. And, you know, it does. It stems from you. You're the only person that you can change, right? Unless you're a parent, I guess, that you can yeah. change your kids. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like it starts with you. And I love, I love that you had a gratitude journal for five years years just writing in there what you're grateful for that's that's amazing and um yeah and it truly reflects like you know you do have great energy and you are like this like positive i i i was gonna intro you too saying like you're one of the most optimistic people uh in the web3 space i would say just always you know excited always hyped and um yeah, so always hipped, always hipped, always hipped. <laughs> no, don't. Now I'm gonna start confusing it if you try to mix it up like that. Yes, always hyped, and so and it rubs off too. It's very inspiring 
yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on because I just feel like you're a very inspiring person. And, you know, we got to get some more inspiration on this pod. <laughs> Thank the you. Bull, that means a lot. The bull run is coming back, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, we're looking good right now. We're looking, we're looking good right good. now. Yeah. That's pretty yes. cool. You know, when you do those classes with kids and, and they complete, you know, kind of a 12-week thing, if you want to incorporate Web3, something simple would be to, you know, give them a free NFT in sure. one of these new kind of wild as a service kind of, so they don't have to, unless you really want to onboard them. But there's, there's the technology is getting better and better all the time where people don't need to onboard with seed phrases anymore. That's not how it needs to be done. There's, there's definitely some cool things you can do to just give them one simple thing, maybe pique their interest. You know, yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to keep incorporating Web three, I think think it's free. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It it needs to be super easy, something that they don't probably even know that they're doing. um, But just kind of educating their educating them a little bit, and it also is. um, I think as we get more almost undeniable, I guess, with our course is kind of the goal is to say like, hey, look, these are the results that we're getting. The schools will give me more leeway of like what what I can do is like, oh, I want to introduce this with these kids and. There's nothing bad about it. It's all positive. Um, and I think once you just like go to schools and say, Hey, I want to teach this gratitude course. It, what are they going to say? Why would they turn it down? Here's the results from, from these case studies that we've gotten. And that's kind of the goal. What yeah. kind of schools do you go to? What's your target audience? Right now it's just charter schools. Um, public schools for sure in Las Vegas are, are not uh, good. So they need it. We are right now are just in charter schools. But I mean, everybody, part, private schools, I could see that working, even even Christian mm-hmm. or Catholic schools. I mean, any any school. And then I could also see it taught at like rec centers or, I mean, in someone's house. Like it could be totally taught in someone's house. And I think that's kind of, it could go everywhere because I I've mean, had it can so- be taught, it can be taught virtual too, probably. You know, 100%. To, I mean, I guess you want to have a connection, but, you With know. A, I think, you know, there's a lot of, there is a lot of uh, like gamified in, um, gamified courses for high school students and it's all digital it's all like on your phone and you have to you go through the steps and different courses but i really feel like that connection in person is, is really something that we lose track on of in society i mean just because we have so much technology we're in a digital age like it is incredible but also that human connection is something that is very powerful i mean we one of the things that happened in the first week that we start when we started our course which was unbelievable, but we were able to create a culture in the first day where we were halfway through one of the classes and the teacher said, Hey, Dom, do you want to have these kids share in front of the class? I gave them a questionnaire and they were sharing within their groups, but she was like, do you want them to share in front of the class? And I was like, yes, vulnerability is like a cornerstone of our foundation. And we probably had 30 kids get up and share. And I'm telling you, it was one of the most powerful things I've ever been a part of. And that was on week one. And so I knew at that point, you know, unfortunately we can't film these kids right now that we're working with, but if this is the type of things that are going to really transform society and almost, you know, there's a huge parenting problem in the world. That's, that's a lot of what's going on. It's like, hopefully we can inspire these kids to be better to then inspire their parents to realize things that they're not self-aware about. And uh, I think that's one of our goals as well. Nice. Love that. I also wanted to um, bring up, you started a new series today, Twitter Spaces. Um, I guess it hasn't officially started yet by the time this podcast comes out. Um, Vulnerable Masculinity. And I just wanted to tell us about your new series that you have going on. So so, um, 
I love vulnerability. I think vulnerability is a superpower. I'm actually restructuring my podcast. I had a podcast for a while where I just kind of inter- interviewed. I was, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. I interviewed a lot of founders in Web3 or people, big influencers, um, really around the words within Hyped. Um, and I just finally realized that that was cool, but it wasn't what I really wanted to drive home as far as a mission. And so I'm going to start doing interviews of just anybody that, and we're going to call, I'm going to call it the superpower. And it's going to be all about vulnerability. And so, um, my friend Greg and this this guy who's the founder of Avax Kongs, Ava Kongs, um, we got on a phone call and he was like, hey, I want you to meet this founder. I think he's very similar to you and, and wants to talk about vulnerability. And I was like, well, listen, that's my, that's my specialty. Um, that's just what I've been gifted with. And yeah, we wanted to talk about it where it's like, it's, it is okay to be vulnerable and it is okay to lean into your feelings, especially as a man. Um, a lot of times we're not just taught that in society because either our parents or our parents' parents it's not really cool to be emotional. I think one thing that I drive home a lot is that you're going to get judged regardless. And so it's just way cooler to be yourself. Even if that means you're like, I'm emotional, like I'll cry. I will just cry. But that doesn't mean I'm not a strong man or, or doesn't mean I'm weak. I think that's universal for, for a woman too, is like, we can be in touch with our emotions. And it's in my opinion, more powerful to lean into vulnerability because at the end of the day, you're going to get judged if you're fake or you're going to get judged if you're yourself. And so it's much more freeing to just be yourself. And that's actually the coolest thing that we have is that we're all different and we're all one of ones. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to start this space. I uh, I don't spend a ton of time in, in Web3 these days just because I'm so focused on Web2. But it was like, how can we do this at, you know, we're doing it at night and maybe bringing some dads. I don't know how the structure is going to really flow, but maybe it's dads that want to come in and talk, or maybe women want to come up and talk about their kids or whatever. It's just going to be a vulnerable, safe space. And um, luckily I am been able to cultivate that. I think a lot with my brand, but also with just kind of how I am and I'll share whatever. And so it, it makes people feel safe to be able to share. I love that. Yeah. There's something about just letting things out and you know, putting something out there and, and also like the emotional release too of like crying. I know crying is kind of looked at as bad sometimes. Oh my God, no, don't cry, you know? And it's like, well, that's also emotional release. And uh, especially guys, you know, it's like, what's the saying where it's like, you never see your dad cry or something. And <laughs> unless like somebody's died and, and it's like, you know, guys always have to be tough and they're not supposed to cry. And women, it's it's definitely a lot more like acceptable to cry, and I definitely cry a lot. But I think it's good because it's like you're releasing, you know, you have different feelings and emotions, and it's okay. You don't always have to be happy, and you don't always have to be, you know, we're humans after all. We we experience all the different emotions. So there's a real passion when when you cry, right? That's your passion coming out, and almost sometimes your purpose. And like that story I told you guys about the cross the line. There's been so many spaces I've been on where I start, I'll start crying because it's, it was that powerful of an experience, but that's also my passion is to help these kids. And and it like, I, I cried on stage at VCon when I started talking about my kids, like my wife and my kids are everything to me. And it was funny because when I got off stage, people were like, you were a little shaky up there. You know, you were a little nervous. And I was like, actually, I wasn't nervous. I don't know how I would just started almost crying because I was talking about my kids and what they meant to me. And, um, I, I think that's. I think that's more powerful, especially because it's not common. Um, and I, yeah, like I'm not less of a man because I cried or you're not weak as a, as a woman because you let your emotions out or, or uh, dramatic or something. It's not, it's not that. Right. right. Yeah. 
Michael, you have any comments? Michael, you cry? No, you, you cry? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the times. If I'm like reminisce, like I think about my dogs when like we lost a dog a couple of years ago. I think about her. I could definitely get teary eyed. But you know what's funny? If I really, if I wanted to get some emotion, I'd go back to when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I was at the Super Bowl. I could watch the video of me celebrating. That can bring some emotion up. I don't like. I won't. I'm not won't take my head to think about things with my family. It'll make me cry. I know I could do that, but I wouldn't even do that. But like, I could absolutely. If I watch the highlights of the Eagles Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Two, I will absolutely get chills. And I can certainly, when Merrill Reese is announcing the end of that, and the Eagles are champions of the world, like absolutely. And start to tear? some tears out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. is cool, Michael. When the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, I don't know if it was fifty-one or uh, fifty. I don't remember when they went to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. I was at the AFC Championship game with my dad, and I cried when they won because I knew that we versus, were going to win the was Super that Bowl. Versus Steelers in Denver? No, they played the. Who did they play in the Super Panthers? But they played no, the well, Patriots. The, the, the Patriots, the champion. Okay, because maybe the week before that, that year, I went to a home game versus Steelers in the playoffs in Denver. I was a ticket broker. Uh, we were mile high tickets. We were based in Colorado. That's so I, cool. That's my second home. I'm always out there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, I just remember like Peyton is not doing good this year. So if we win this mm. game against Tom Brady, that they're, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I just yeah, it was me and my dad. And I mean, I've been a Broncos fan since I was like four yeah. years old. And so it was just uh, yeah. So I can totally relate. Yeah, that to was that. an awesome run for you guys. That was an awesome run. Yeah, Peyton was at the end. He like could barely throw it, <laughs> but they were just such a good team. And I remember that. I remember that well. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Ah, so that's when, I, that's when I cry. Huh? I know football. I know what. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, family members, of like, course, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm not like randomly crying throughout the house in front of my kids. Not normally. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I, I probably, they'd be like, Dad, what are you doing? What's <laughs> why wrong? Are you cry- why are you crying? Or maybe they would come, like, come for you or something. They would. And they definitely would. They definitely would. They're sweet. Well, my son would probably, probably not. But. The Where girls. are you at now, Michael? Are you um, in- near Miami? Okay, in Parkland, Florida. Yeah. Same. Or where are you at, Jenny? Uh, Texas. Texas. Okay, somewhere in the southern part of the United States is the most. Somewhere in Texas. I I, I could tell you after the show. I just that's fine. I just, yeah, sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm in Las Vegas. Do you have my address? You can come find me. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, same with me. That's, about. So what, that's like, how Michael is. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm taking my son to the Fishing Pier, Hillsborough Boulevard. If anybody and wants I'm like, to meet no, up. stop saying that information. You can't be <laughs> exposing yourself like that. And he's like, oh, I don't care. I'm like, it's funny. <sighs> oh, man. Love it. I had a yeah, question. What else do you have? Oh, what yeah. do you want to bring? Oh, go ahead, Jen. You got, I was going to see I was gonna see if, if GT go wants ahead. to bring anything up of himself. What do you want to? What do you want to get out there? What do you want people to know? What do you want to tell the world? Yeah, I just think we're really on a mission to really impact kids in a very authentic, moral, ethical way. And we're really committed to that true impact because we really believe that if we can impact 100 kids, that's going to impact 1,000 kids. That's going to impact 10,000 kids. And you know, if you want to get involved in any way, reach out to me. I'm open to any conversation, feedback, phone calls. I'm always eager to learn. Uh, this journey of 10 months of the foundation, I've taken no paycheck. And through that, it's been uh, just a lot of darkness, but also the the greatest of gifts of learning and gratitude. And I'm on a different level of being grateful for the opportunity to even do this. And I just know that we're going to impact kids. And so if you are interested in that, I would love to talk to someone about that. And I think 
we're going to show it. We're really just committed to showing it and being that example because I could talk here for the next three hours, but I'm, I'd rather just go help kids and, and show people that like, hey, this is what we're doing. And you could be a part of it in some way. That's what's isn't up. Isn't your, I was going to say, isn't the mint still, like you can still mint the project, right? On fair.xyz. Yeah. So, yeah. So on our website, it was on the top of our website for a while, but I just had to move that because I had so many people in my IRL being like, what is this? Um, so it's at the bottom of our main page on the hypefoundation.org. Um, and that's H-I-P-E-D, not H-Y-P-E-D. But uh, you could definitely go mint. I also just, my my pinned tweet on my profile is like a soul, an ETH, and a Bitcoin address if you want to just donate to that. Or if you go to our website, the, the top, there's a um, place that you can donate, which is through a website called Zephy, which is incredible. Um, so there's multiple ways to contribute. Or if you just want to support in a different way, um, reach out to me and yeah. Nice. Love that. How are you, if you aren't like making any money, you're like putting it all towards like the nonprofit and stuff. How are you like surviving? So um, it's been wild because we had a part. So basically the fast version of the journey was I left my job because we had a partnership of one of the biggest brands in the world that was supposed to launch a marketplace that I can't talk about that basically rugged. Um, and that was huge. Let me try to see. I'm good at yeah. guessing these things. You have oh, a partnership, say it again, yeah. with one of the biggest brands <laughs> in the world that was supposed to launch a marketplace that they rugged, like uh, Coinbase, Binance, uh, or- uh, NFTs? Or a web, no, it was or, a web two company, but- uh, Okay. You'll never uh, guess it. Yeah, no, you I probably would. I would, yeah. but so. no, okay. So anyways, that fell through and that was like a big hit because I mean, I was naive to raising money for fa- for a nonprofit, Dang. which was just like, I mean, that was my fault. I can I got to take accountability, but I just also thought that this company wasn't going to rug us, right? They're, they're huge. And so I think that it's been this wild journey and I'm really religious. So I think it's been a faith walk the entire time. And somehow we've just gotten like enough money to get by. And like I tell people all the time, like, I had my in-laws and my parents help with Christmas gifts because of just the belief that this was supposed to be what we're doing, what me and my wife are doing with our life and the gift that I've been given to give to these kids in the world. And um, and so I just sold my last NFT, which I don't like talking about because I loved it so much. Um, and it was a Bitcoin ordinal, but it's just to live. And I and I actually just started taking a paycheck, um, not enough to live, but it's a it's a something that I'm going to start taking every week from the foundation. And supplementing the other that I need through that Bitcoin ordinal that I just sold. So it's kind of been crazy. I don't think I can really describe how I've been living. Um, We just have gotten like one of my assets went up that was outside of NFTs for some reason. I sold it and then I used that to live. And then, you know, I had some, you know, maybe I got a coin that went up just a little bit. I never made it huge, but maybe I had a little bit of money and then I put that in the bank. And so it's been this wild journey um, that has really been a lot of anxiety and stress, but we're on the up of the light. We're seeing the light. And for the first time, well, well, we are on the right path for sure. And I can say that confidently. And I can say that we're really making some serious impact. And I know that the key the key to success is coming as far as raising money. Let's go. Yeah. Woo. We're hyped. <laughs> we are. We're riding. We're riding. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. You put in the notes of do you need to know? Do we need to know anything for this episode? You put, we are writing. <laughs> I was definitely honored and, and grateful to be on this. So I don't like to talk about myself a lot, but I, I know that we're writing always. Let's go. Love, Love it. it. Do you Love think it. that the, the bull market, do you think that we're seeing like a little, you know, it, we, we're we having a little 
it, it feels like the beginning of the bull run right now. Do you think that it's a fake out or yeah. do you think that this is a real deal? Like we are back. That's a tough. Um, I don't think we're back. I, I think it's kind of, it's a, it's a, like a lot of different answers you can give because it's like, I don't think we're going to be back because it's an election year primarily. Um, and I don't know if people really realize how crazy it could get in our country um, specifically, but at the same time, crypto's crazy. Like it could be back and we could be just absolutely riding. Like Bitcoin could be at a hundred thousand in the middle of an election. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the housing market's back in the US specifically. I think they're like economically, we're not doing that well. And I don't think we in the crypto space necessarily pay attention to that a lot. But I can tell you that I've had probably 50 calls over the last two weeks with people and there's a lot of people struggling financially. Um, so I think that that's something we don't talk about. But at the same time, like, yeah, Bitcoin could be 70,000 next week. That's like the craziest thing about crypto. I don't think it's going to happen. Let's pray it does because I got that BTC sitting in my wallet right now from what I just sold. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that we're not doing good as uh, economically and the inflation and interest rates and there's so many different things. And I think people are struggling because a lot of parents are both working uh, specifically in houses or or married couples. A lot of couples are working and they still don't have enough money. Mm mainly because they probably live outside of their means and, and it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. But that's a big deal right now in our country. And uh, we could see some serious bad things happen, I think, if that all crumbles together. So it's kind of like a, that yeah. was like a good start to a bad ending answer. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm trying to be like as realistic as possible. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Be real. What do you think? I mean, well, so I, I'm definitely more optimistic because the Bitcoin halving is coming up on 420. That's my and, birthday. Oh my god! No, is it really? <laughs> yeah. What? What a so crazy, be crazy birthday! Yeah, maybe now, I should hold that BTC until that day. Are you going to smoke weed on that day? No. <laughs> okay, well, I figured. You, I figured you don't smoke weed, but man, that, that's kind of a miss. Like, if you were a stoner, right. that would be such a legendary birthday. Like. It is fun to tell people. It is probably the fun, I don't know, funnest, not, I don't know if that's a word, but it is one of the best things I can tell people. And it's the easiest birthday to and remember. Like, oh, easiest my birthday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm going to always remember your birthday now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gentle Tornado's birthday is on 420. <laughs> I'm going to light one up for GT. Like, there you go. You know? <laughs> and I, it, listen, that's awesome. Light it up, baby. Well, I don't smoke anymore either, but, you know, my, Michael. What? What? <laughs> what? Nothing. Oh. I didn't hear I, anything, Michael. Don't worry. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying your name. That's all. He's like, okay, take it easy. Take no, it easy. No, no, no. <laughs> what? I don't understand why I got brought up in that reference, but okay. We'll keep moving. <laughs> what right. do you think, Michael? Yes. Do you think the, the bill's back? I think, well, back is an interesting way to say it because I think it's going to be different. I think yeah. every cycle's different. There's different ways to make money. There's absolutely ways people are crushing it right now. Um, yeah. A lot of it is this farming stuff. I don't really get into that personally. It's a little too much for me, but people are doing really well. Like I have friends in that, not to say everyone's doing, like you're exactly right. People are struggling. There's yeah. the haves and the have nots. Like this country is going to get crazy. Right. Election year is going to get crazy. But I do think that the crypto market's going to be strong. I think the the Bitcoin ETF happened and then we'll, we'll drag our feet. I think the Ethereum one is pretty much inevitable at this point. Um, the having, like Jenny said, and I think the election year, I think they, that the incumbent usually will pump money 
into the system. Whether that's good or bad, I think that we will see, you know, the inflation will keep going, but I think there's going to be a lot of money uh, moving around this year. So there are opportunities. Even if people were getting killed in 2021, though. So like, even and, it was so good, you, you got to still do well in your training and be careful if where you can just buy and hold. If, you know, sometimes that's the easiest thing to do. At the true. beginning of 2021, if you would have just bought a bunch, you know, bought a couple crypto punks and some ETH, would have been good enough and just sat there instead of trying to play the game, you know? Would have been real nice right, right now. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think we are in some sort of a quote unquote run of some sort. It's not the bear market anymore like it was. Yeah. Everything's not collapsing. You know, we sat there for from March of 2022 for 16 months of just, you know, just well, maybe for board and, apes, it's still the bear market. Oh, yeah, Yugo's going down fast, shots. but always yeah. got to take shots. <laughs> I don't know if we right. see, I don't know if we see any crazy run. Like, uh, I was talking to some people about Pudgy. I don't really know if the upside past 50, like maybe they get to 50 or something. I don't even know if they can go that high because the way that this mar- the market is so interesting, it's like yeah. really like Walmart, that announcement didn't pump Pudgy. Right. Flipping it's board apes punched Pudgy. And well, so it's you like, know what's, what's, what's pumping Pudgy is the, is the perspective of continued airdrops of, yeah. these, of these fungible tokens that there's so many of and everybody's got one. But right now the price is really high because everyone's expecting all these airdrops to, to yeah. be coming to it. I think yeah. so. I think that the only, like I think um, punks will hold value, could potentially yeah. start, like keep going way up, but I don't, I don't know about anything else because it's hard. Like, you know, I was deep in V friends for a really long time. I'm not as uh, in touch these days, uh, but like they've done so many things. Like if you just zoom out and look at V friends, like right. they've, they've done every collab you could do. But yeah. you're right. There's 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 a weird dynamic of the company doing well versus the price of the NFT. It's not necessarily correlated. Yeah, like Gary V's doing all kinds of stuff. There's there's very little action on V friends. V friends does not make the top lists on Blair. There's maybe one or two sales a day. There's not the farmers, whatever it is. But and now you can buy the tickets for cheap when they drop. Basically, yeah. that's right. I mean, that's everybody been confirmed. everybody like knows they can get a right point before. one, point yeah. one, point yeah, point one, point one five ticket. Everybody knows. Yep. Yeah. So it's like I don't know, right? I was like, at the end of the day, V friends will eventually be in YouTube Kids, which you know. Mm-hmm. YouTube Kids is insane. Yeah, I believe that. Gary, you can yeah, get, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like you can get a hundred million views on a video, but that doesn't. I don't believe. I mean, I just can't with the like um, analytics we've had and the things that have happened. I don't think that that's going to correlate to price increase. And right. so it's the like, only way. It might be a longer term horizon where these things do become kind of collectible artifacts. Listen. Maybe you know that that would be the. But like you're right. Just because he gets onto YouTube and he gets a million dollar, a billion dollar deal with whoever. That doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, yeah. Like you, like the the craziest thing about this, this the NFT space is like, there is V friend cards that have sold for ten thousand plus. There yeah. are there is the the most rare V friend card is worth like thirty thousand dollars that uh, right. so this guy Soggy Waffles has, but like that's not doesn't make sense to like the NFT market. But it just, you know, it just doesn't hit sometimes. And so it's just interesting to see like what right. needs to happen. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It has to be uh, like punks. It has to be like valuable yeah. as an art piece, yeah. I think. Or, or it's, well, it's either that or Gary figures out a way to add more value. 
maybe VCon becomes a 50,000 person festival and all the V1 holders get VIP access. Ooh, like a know. music festival. Right. Well, Jenny gets VIP access to VCon anyway. She gets flown in first class, put up in the nicest hotel. You did speak, my... right, at both? Um, yeah. Yeah, moderated. That's dope. That's Hales. dope. Yeah. I think that uh, one of my buddies actually talked to me about this, and I do agree with him, but he thinks that Gary's going to announce at the next VCon that every VF1 holder gets, like, forever will get v- VCon tickets, and I'm sure it'll yeah. go on I mean, for the rest of time. if he wants to do, I guess, yeah, like, I, my guess is he's, he's he wants to do VCon past three years. He seems to love it. That's kind of like his Super Bowl moment of the year almost. Yeah. But it also costs a lot of money. I think I think yeah. it was said it costs $10 million to put on. It's probably going to be 15 in LA. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah. And I think as they get bigger, uh, I mean, the sponsors we'll have are to start crazy. charging. Well, the sponsors, yeah. Yeah, the sponsors have to pay for it. That's true. And then and one thing that he has is those relationships that like Visa comes in and who knows how much Visa um, yeah. paid. But like we couldn't use because we spoke on the Visa stage, like we we were able to get no content. Like they they would release no content to oh, us really? because it was specifically the Visa stage and they were their biggest sponsor. And so that's who knows so what that, maybe that's three to who knows how many millions of dollars they right. sponsored or maybe not that much, but you know, Gary is a very good businessman. And that's something that I've learned nah. even more in V friends right. is like, okay, this guy's micro business is unbelievable. Right. Hence the cards and stuff. And now they're doing fanatics live and they're getting money from that. And like, he's very yeah. intelligent. And so I think, yeah, like, you know, he might be breaking even on VCon. And if he breaks even on VCon, why wouldn't he keep doing it? It's a loss leader. Yeah. If you can break even, it's a move to make. Yeah, for 100%. sure. 100%. Yeah. You excited for uh, LA? You're going to be in LA? You can drive there, I guess. I am not excited for LA. I don't really love LA, but because uh, it's I don't just love a LA, it's, especially downtown LA. It's I don't think I anybody loves LA unless they live there. Like, I don't and know anyone of, that likes LA. It's expensive. Like, yeah. it's like New yeah. York. Like, I don't love New York. Like, because Vegas. Yeah. I'm not going to NYC this year because it's ridiculous. Yeah. I spent, I spent like $700 in Ubers last time I went there. It's crazy. It like and it's ridiculous. like $1,200 to stay there for three nights. And it's just like, wow, yes. this doesn't make sense. Like the value. Yeah. I mean, I'm a value guy, right? Especially since I have three small children and, I'm, you know, but it's like, there's the value's not there. Like you come to Vegas and we have the, the food, I guess, is the New York thing, right? It's like, we have better food than New York and, and it's cheaper. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to go to New York. I mean, yes, I would love to go to NFT NYC, but LA is similar to that. They do have really good food, but when V Friends released the partnership that they had with the hotels that they partnered with or whatever, it was like two seventy five a night. That's wild. Like I need to split a room with three people. Like I, you know, I don't yeah. know. I want to pay. And I'm yes, I can drive, so that is awesome. But yeah, man, it's it's. I don't know. I was uh, surprised he picked LA to be honest, um, because he had gone to those smaller places. Indianapolis yeah. and Minnesota and Minnesota was super dope. Like I think I paid $500 for five nights for mm-hmm. my hotel. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like that's the type of stuff, you know, which I get it, right? LA is huge and there's a lot of creators, which I think that's like a really, I think there's also something else going on that week. I think it's also the week of like LA blockchain or something, something else that there's going to be other people there. I think he tried to do that. I, I guess he's trying to get more eyes on it because he's going to need to sell tickets for the next one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Apparently. And he gave, he gave like a bunch of, I don't know if you guys uh, had run into any, but there was a lot of creators in Indianapolis, like a lot of yeah. big creators yeah. on TikTok. Like YouTubers and, and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just yeah, he invited. Tried to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see. LA is where they all live. And so True. he's probably going to invite them all and give them tickets and bring them in. Yeah. And that'll be yeah. more powerful for people that. Um, you know, want to see that. 
Yeah, Trevor Wallace made a um he was there. He's like a big YouTuber. And he like I had checked on his channel later because I saw him there. I was like, I wonder if he'll make a video there. And he did. He made a a video on some funny thing about yeah. billionaires. But like he was at VCon and yeah. I think I think that is what Gary wants too, is like them creating content at VCon and you know, um. kind of showing that they're there and you know, there's more of a social proof impact you can make than just people physically being there. It's like, okay, if you get content creators there, you know, that have a big audience, you know, that then that's how you make something really popular. So Yeah. Absolutely. For whatever people say about Gary, he's always thinking ahead. He's always thinking yeah. ahead. He might not always make the right moves. I mean, he I mean, I know he would admit some mistakes uh, over the you know, past few years, but he's he's always thinking ahead. I'm always uh, you know, I always have respect for Gary. He's deep in the culture and that's really yeah. important, yeah. especially mm-hmm. right now. Especially right now. So you know, TikTok Live, right? TikTok shops. Yeah. Like that is the thing. Like TikTok shops are already huge. They're gonna blow up this year. They're gonna be even bigger. Like yep. I would love to run a TikTok live and sell t-shirts for our foundation. Um, you know, it's just like different strategies. And um he, yeah, he's a step ahead because he's so deep in the culture. Yeah, totally. Good stuff. Should we fire off uh, gas wars? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Our, our rapid fire question segment. So we're each gonna ask five. Rapid fire questions that may or may not have to do with the NFT space, and they don't usually. Wait, I'm going to ask five questions. Too. No, we're no, going to ask gonna... you. We're going to ask you ten questions right now um, to get to is know it... you a little better, and it's just fun. Is it bad that I wish we still had gas wars? I missed that. Uh, there was nothing like a thrill of a gas war. I really don't know if you can recreate that energy. And when you hit, like I remember, I hit, I minted littles, and also the cool cats pets. And when uh, I hey. won those gas wars, I mean. I felt like I could have slammed my phone on the ground and broken it in half. There was nothing uh, that equaled that. So I probably shouldn't have said that live, but we're riding. <laughs> we're we riding, folks. All, All right. right. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, what is your favorite type of food to cook? Uh, pizza. Um, what is the worst job you ever had? Uh, my last job working for my dad. <laughs> Sounds so bad. Wow. I just dad, didn't love it. I love, love my dad. I love you, dad. You know, that's why I worked for you. I saved myself there. Uh, I used to listen to your Saturday morning uh, cartoon on Twitter Spaces. What is your favorite Saturday morning cartoon from the 80s and 90s? Dude, that's so hard. Um, probably Tom and Jerry, man. That's oh, tough, Tom though. And Jerry. That is, yep. I mean, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's yeah. Laboratory, Powderpuff Girls, Powerpuff Girls. I mean, it, 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 yeah, I don't know. It's probably Tom and Jerry, though. That's what's up. I was like a Flintstones, Je- Flintstones. Oh, sorry, Flintstones, Jetsons type of guy. Okay, the Tom okay. and Jerry's also. I have my kids watching the new Tom and Jerry movie on uh, Netflix. My parents or my kids won't watch it. I don't know why, but is I that- like I'm pushing for it. So maybe I'll just tell them that my my friend Michael um, is said it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Jenny? What's your favorite? What was your favorite cartoon? I mean, um. Actually, I think SpongeBob was a big one for me. This is kind of embarrassing, but I literally watched SpongeBob till I was in sixth grade. Like oh, that's I, I was wearing SpongeBob t-shirts in sixth grade, and then I was like, "Oh, everyone's trying to dress like cute and stuff." Okay, I guess SpongeBob is out. Um, so yeah, SpongeBob for sure. I mean, it makes you feel any better, Jenny. I was wearing jean shorts when I was in sixth grade, so I wasn't very fashionable either. So <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, what is a book that has changed your life? Um, man, so many, probably this book called soul keeper. Probably. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a religious book. It's called soul keeper. There's so many though. That's, that's a tough question. 
Uh, what is your number one bucket list travel destination? I was going to ask a bucket list question. Well, um, Italy. I'm Italy. Italian, so well, I want to yeah, go to Italy. Yes, Italy's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm a quarter Italian. My last name is Sudo. Are you Italian, Michael? No, I'm not Italian. We do have some Italian family members. I've been to Italy. Uh, my wife and I spent about three weeks there. We had a car. We drove all the way from Venice all the way down to Sorrento. Did, did really a lot of the country. Um, but I'm not Italian. That's cool. I am. I have Scottish, Polish, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Did you do the 23 and Me thing? No, I've never done that. Oh, okay. Not that I would. You not sound that I like wouldn't. You- I just haven't. No, I just know I like, where my family is. rattling it off, like, boom, boom, no, boom, boom. I know. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I'm 2% no, I mean, my, this, I'm 3% this. Well, I know my grandmother on my on my dad's side, it's more clear. My uh, grandfather's family was very much Scottish. I've actually traced them back to the 1700s in Dundee, Scotland, which is really cool. And what to the? a gentleman named John Keane that was born in 1794. And there's something called Mount Keane right outside of Dundee, spelled the same way. What? I go. can't figure out any info on it. And there's also some people that live in Dundee today with still the same last name. So one day I do have to go there, meet people, and research. You're back like, yes, home. I am Keen, Michael yeah. Keen. I'm your American cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Where? That's where's good. my uh, kilt? Yes, that's so funny. Where's, where's my family kilt? Okay. Yeah. Um, what was your dream job as a kid? In the NFL. Oh. What is your uh, biggest pet peeve? Oh man, I'm just going to give you a top three because I already got it. Uh, not <laughs> saying excuse me when you walk by someone and bump into them, oh. tucking in your shirt without wearing a belt. What? And then the third thing is not saying thank you when someone opens the door for you. Mm. Uh, easy. Yeah. I was yeah. like, those yeah. are, those are That's things because uh, I work on not to react to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Where was Wetlers? Oh yeah. What was the most unique pet you've ever had? Um, it, I mean, no, I didn't have a, I just had dogs. I what? had two, two dogs. And then, I mean, I had frogs that I named Sandy and Patrick, actually. That's so okay, funny. There we uh, go. They died in like a week. So no, no more fish for Dom. No more Sandy fish for me. and Patrick, wait, after SpongeBob? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I like this SpongeBob really, fan. I was like six or seven. I had like this really rich friend named Dre and uh, he was awesome. And he bought me frogs for my birthday. Which, you know, oh, like wow. as a se- seven-year-old is incredible, but I don't, I'm not responsible enough to keep those, those guys oh. alive. <laughs> and I don't think my parents really wanted them. So yeah, they died. Aww. Really. They just let you take care of them. And of course they died. Uh, yeah. Other than that, just dogs. <laughs> nice. oh my, God. my final question is who is your favorite stand-up comedian? Wow. Man, probably Tom Segura. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I would have said Kevin Hart. Um, before I've seen him three times, he's incredible. But I think Tom Scora, or um, he's not a favorite, but he's incredible. Is the guy that's popped off Shane Gillis is is yeah Shane Gillis un- is so funny. unbelievable. Like I would love yeah, to see yeah, him. Yeah, One yeah. of my best friends has seen him in the in New York and said he's oh. just like way funnier. So, mm-hmm. but but probably Tom Segura. That's what's up. Good uh, stuff, fa- man. Oh, oh, your last question. I forgot. I forgot. The... Usually I go. Usually I go last. I wow. What am I? Chopped liver. Okay. Um, favorite musical artist. Um, that's tough. And NF, he's a rapper. <gasps> NF, yeah, I actually really like him. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he's my guy. So, nice. or yeah, that's that's it for sure. 
All right, sweet. Well, yeah, that's all we got for today. Thank you, Gentle Tornado, for joining us on today's podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, Yeah, and we hope you all enjoyed this episode of the NFT Catcher podcast. Make sure to check out the... the, Oh, my God, I almost said it wrong. Make sure to check hipped, out the the hipped no. foundation. It's the hip. No, well, it's spelled like hipped. So the hyped foundation, H I P E D, the hyped foundation.org um, for all things gentle tornado and of course his Twitter. Um, but yeah, thank you all for tuning into this episode of the NFT Catcher podcast, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NFTicket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>